Happy Palm Sunday, everybody. Welcome to Church Online. It's so good to have you with us. I'm Pastor Brent. Welcome to Direction Church. It's so good to have you here. We love coming to you uh, every week. Uh, And uh, those of you who are part of the online congregation, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and click the share button right there and share this uh, broadcast with all of your friends and your family and uh, get the word out about us. Those of you who are regular church members that are watching maybe on the Zoom page today, you can still go ahead and share the, the social streams on Facebook and Twitter Uh, YouTube uh, and all of the other social networks out there you can share across uh, those platforms we're on Instagram live we're we're everywhere so I want to uh, encourage you to share 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 and get the uh, word out about our church uh, and um, tell people about Jesus help people to get to to know God that's what we're doing this for you know there's a lot of things that we do that we're not just doing just to do there is a strategy behind these things And I want to encourage you to be involved in the strategy. And you say, well, what is the strategy? It's everything I say every week. Share the the stream. Tell somebody. Welcome somebody. All of those things are strategic. Some people don't understand it all, but it is. It's strategic. It's very strategic in what we're doing uh, when we do those things and we, we build these things like the Bible notes and things like that. That's not just for us. That We're doing that for you to make life easier uh, for you. So uh, go ahead and uh, participate in that. We love you guys so much. We're so grateful today. You know, today was the day uh, that we celebrate. Now, you know, there's all kinds of discussion about whether or not the events in the Bible took place on the actual days that we celebrate. You know, is Christmas really in December? Who knows? There's some theologians that believe that it was in December. Other people think it's September and October. And there are all kinds of theories out there. And, and you know, when is, is actual Resurrection Sunday and all these things. And the thing is, is to me, the actual date is irrelevant. The actual date is not, is not relevant. If it is relevant, then you are, you're doing more religion then you are relationship. The fact that it happened is what is relevant. Come on, somebody. Amen. The fact that he did come and, and was born into this world is what's relevant. The fact that he did die and rose again, that is what's relevant. And so whether it was actually on this day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem is irrelevant if it happened if it was supposed to have happened this day or if it wasn't we're celebrating it today the fact that he did ride into Jerusalem come on somebody he rode in as a triumphal entry into and the the most pivotal week of of the Christian faith started this week this this week and we believe it and we are celebrating it and today come on just as an act of faith lift your hand up like a palm branch and just wave it before the lord and come on say blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord where's he coming he's coming into my life he's coming into my situation he's coming into my problems he's coming into it and he's changing my life and i worship him today hallelujah Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles today, uh, or if you're following on the notes, or if you're going to see on the screen, go ahead and open to Matthew chapter 21. This is Palm Sunday, and we're going to read that story from all four of the of the uh, accounts in the gospel. We're going to read from all four of them this morning, and we're going to see a different uh, version of those, and we're going to see a different... Uh, um, uh, a, a different viewpoint from all four of the guys that were preaching uh, during that time. And uh, I want to say this, as those of you who are in the Zoom audience, uh, if you're going to uh, amen, that's great. If you're not, if you're just going to be watching us and you're going to sit in silence, uh, do us a favor and mute your microphones so that if you do have a conversation with somebody there in your house, we're not all hearing you. Uh, but if you are going to amen, praise the Lord, I want to hear you, okay? Let's, let's practice one time. How many out there say amen? amen? Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, uh, let's look here in Matthew chapter 20, uh, 21, verse number 1. It says, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, 
Uh, Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11 is where we're going today. And, and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this will be done that it might be fulfilled, uh, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell your daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a, coat, a colt, a foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down the branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had uh, come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Now, I want to, I want to uh, look at this in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 11, verse number 9. It says these, th uh, it's, it's very similar. It says this, then those who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Then over in Luke's gospel, chapter 19, verse number 36 uh, uh, through 44 is where we're going today. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was drawing uh, now drawing near to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. Verse 38, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even if... Uh, even you, especially in, uh, in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Verse 43, for God has come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you and surround you and close you in on every side. Luke 19, 44, and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you, listen to this part, you did not know the time of your visitation. Now let's look at it in John chapter 12, verse number 12. John chapter 12 Verse number 12, the next day a great multitude that had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Verse 16, his disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered what they had, that, that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. Therefore, the people who were with him, listen to this, this is important. Therefore, the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of his tomb raised him and raised him from the dead bore witness for this reason the people also met him because they heard that he had done this sign the pharisees therefore said among themselves you see that you are accomplishing nothing look the world has gone after him this is the day 
that we celebrate the most pivotal week for the formation of our Christian faith. It all starts right here. Now, many folks would say, yes, what about Christmas? Christmas is the beginning of the entire thing. But this week right here is what we're celebrating. It's the most pivotal week for the formation of our faith. Now, I know that we started a series last week on tithing and sowing and and giving, uh, and we're going to continue that after Easter. But we want to take some time to recognize the most pivotal series of weeks, or week, days, excuse me, a series of days in our faith. This is the day that we celebrate Jesus coming into Jerusalem. And many of the crowds were there and they were rejoicing and they were worshiping him. Uh, they, They received him with gladness. They were excited. Come on, can you imagine that? I'm there and here comes Jesus. Now think about it. Now we think about it as, you know, for us now, knowing what we know. Back in those days, they just had to believe that this was the guy. There was no, uh, there's no way to know it. There was no history books. There was just all this telling. And they just are believing what they heard, that this was the promise. And they were excited that their king was there. And the king was there, and and now he's going to do everything. Now listen to this part. Everything that they needed him to do so that they could be free and they could be redeemed. They were so excited that their king was there to do everything that they needed him to do and so they could be free and that they could be redeemed. Now think about that. They had been hearing about this day for thousands of years. This is the day that they had been hearing about for ever since Adam and Eve left the garden. That entire line of people had been hearing about this day. And when he rode in on that donkey, of all things, you'd think that's not really that impressive. He rode in on a donkey. And he rides in, and that was actually something that they had been hearing about for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Let's look at it. Zechariah chapter 9, verse number 9. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. This was a prophecy that they had heard hundreds of years before Jesus came. So they had been waiting, listen to this now, generation after generation after generation after generation after generation after generation. That just kept happening. Grandparents telling their grandkids and parents telling their kids and it just went right on down for generations. They were waiting for this day and nobody had had fallen, you know, had, had the majority had not stopped looking. In fact, some of those descendants, we're going to get to why, but some of them are still looking and waiting for him. Now, here's the part we want to talk about today. How does this affect us? And and it really goes to this it says they they were worshiping him and they were saying blessed is the king who comes in the name of the lord listen to this they were calling him king even though he hadn't done anything a king could or would do at that point they were calling him king and all he had been was a prophet or a teacher or you know, they, he was just a miracle worker. I mean, not, don't get me wrong; that's impressive. He was uh, he was a acclaimed Messiah, and that there were people watching and seeing him. But he had not done anything that a king could or would do. And these people are worshiping him. Listen to this now: 
They are worshiping him by faith simply because they had heard their whole lives what God had promised them about him. They fell down on their knees and worshiped Jesus as king even though he had not done anything a king would do. Now you think, what does that have to do with me? Sometimes your experiences of God or that you've had with God have not been what you have experienced him to be up to that point. Now, let me explain that statement. Sometimes we experience God in certain ways, but but way we have experienced him is not the way that we've needed him. Now, I know that some people can get philosophical here and they can be like, well, you don't know if that's what you needed or not, but God knew it. I'm talking about from our side, our desires. Has anybody ever experienced God and it wasn't what you thought you needed at the time? Come on now. Be honest. I I have. I have thought that I needed God to be a certain way and the experience I had with God was not what I had been needing for me for what I thought and sometimes our experiences with God have not been uh, what we've needed him to be up to that point and this messes with people but here's the thing that I want to say God is always good to us he is always working in some way shape or, or form behind the scenes or or in very in front of the scenes he is always working something and many people don't even know and 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 they don't know what he's doing and so they don't know how to worship him now think about that because i've been there in my life people say you need to be excited about jesus and i go why now, this is making you nervous. Please don't. I'm, I'm saying times in my life, I have been excited about my salvation, and I've been excited about, you know, my relationships at church. And it, but I, 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 have, I have been there standing on the outside watching somebody else rejoice about God being a certain way that I've never experienced. Come on, somebody. I've seen other people rejoice about and worship God for being a healer, and I, I, I have been the guy who's needed healing and not received it. I have seen people that have been have seen their needs met just abundantly, overflowing out of their lives, and say, "You need to worship God as the as the provider." And I, and I go, "Yeah, but I'm 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 still needing providing." Has anybody else been there? been there done that got a t-shirt that says it sometimes we're we're worshiping god based on just the experiences we've had these people are experience they're worshiping god for what they want him to be and when some people uh, you know don't know what he's done don't know what he's promised they don't know how to worship him these multitudes listen to this saw god doing miracles in fact in the scriptures that we read it says some of them watched him raise lazarus from the dead and they had this ultimate if he can raise lazarus they just decided if he can raise lazarus come on he can be whatever they need me whatever we need him to be as a king so we're gonna go ahead and worship him that way because if he can raise the dead come on he can free us from rome and he can come on now they worshiped him as king even though he had never done anything a king would do so my question to you today is what is it that you need god to be today what is it that you are in need of what is it that you have sitting before you that is a genuine, real need in your life? What is something that's a challenge in your life? I want to ch- say to you, God is the answer. 
So why don't you go ahead and worship him for being that? Well, I've never experienced him that, that way. That's not way, the way faith works. Faith worships him for what he says he is, even if we've never seen him that way. That should have got a bigger amen than that. <laughs> Jesus said, if we don't, the rocks are going to cry out and worship him for being that. You know why? Because they already know. They already know. What is it that you need from God today? What is it that you need him to be today? What is it that you're facing that only he can change? And you're going, I, I, I've just never, I've never had that experience with God before. I said this a number of years ago. I was preaching it at, at when we were still on Sand Lake uh, at the old church. And I said this, I said this phrase, and it's kind of stuck with me over the years. Instead of asking God to, um, or, 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 or instead of lowering your expectations to, to be what you've experienced, why not ask God to raise your expectations to match what he said he is? But see, a lot of times we're only worshiping for what we've experienced and what we've seen. There were people there that day that saw him raise Lazarus. And they were worshiping him because he raised Lazarus, but then they went a step further and worshiped him as a king when they had never seen him be a king. The only thing they saw was what God had promised him to be and that, that he was going to be a king. So they went ahead and worshiped him that way. So what is it that you need? Let's go ahead and worship him, exalt him, praise him, as that, as even if, if, if you've only seen him as your savior, go ahead and praise him as the thing that you need. I, I praise you because you, you're my healer. I praise you because you're my provider. I praise you because you're my joy. I praise you because you're my victory. I praise you because you are the wisdom that I need. You're, I praise you, Father, because you are what I need hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah when you worship and praise God for what you need him to be don't limit how he becomes that now this is where some people I've seen faith people that will actually go around and actually say that and believe it and confess it I, I've had people text me and call me and give me the right confession but then that confession and believing that God can be the healer or that God can be the provider or that God can be whatever we just mentioned, then it, but then he has to do it in a way that fits their narrative or their imagination. If God's going to heal me, then the only way that can happen is by fire shooting down from the sky and and you know burning out what's wrong or you know or it, it just it just has to naturally get better on its own and and people have, are fitting you know if they pray for the church the only way god can move in the church is if they feel like it's this way it has to be this way because that's the way i think church has got to be come on somebody don't get quiet on me there are plenty of things that we've pigeonhole God into saying you can yes you are that but you can only get it to me through this step many people pigeonhole God into becoming what they think he is the they don't pigeonhole him into what he says he'll be they pigeon in pigeonhole him into only the way that they think he can do it Yes, God's my whatever, but he's going to do it this way. And let's just call that what it is. That's just human arrogance to think that we know everything that God wants to do. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty smart and I'm pretty successful and I know what's going on with my life and I know how good things are supposed to happen. Yeah, but you pale in comparison to the goodness of God. And he's got ways that would blow your mind. And if you just get your ego out of the way and stop thinking that you know everything, and come on, somebody, I'm talking to myself here, and stop thinking that you just got it all figured out, and this is how God's going to... Sometimes if you just stay focused on what God is says he would do, and you just focus right there, he'd surprise you of how he's going to get it to you. Amen. Yes, yes, amen. 
Oh, but you know, I mean, I, I, I love to watch, you know, my favorite preacher and they tell me how to do it. And, and I just, you know, I mean, if they say that's the way it's going to be, it's going to be that way. Listen, the best of the best of the preachers on TV or YouTube or wherever you watch on, on podcasts or whatever, they even only know God by a small fragment. And you need to stay open as to how he's going to do it and just take the limits off. See, the folks who watched, uh, watched him raise Lazarus, they had a wrong interpretation how Jesus was going to be king. Those people watched him raise Lazarus and they imagined him coming in and suddenly rising up with all this power and lightning bolts shooting out of his hands and overthrowing the government of Rome and 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 that they had been captured and occupied by and that's what they thought that king was going to do they just knew it that the king was going to rise up militarily and, and 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 overthrow the government and the romans were going to be sorry for the day they will rue the day that they came in and, and took over they, they were convinced that the king was going to be a throwback to David and Saul and that the, 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 the things that were going to be under his feet was what their minds told him it was going to be. And see, that's a lot of times when we accept, yes, actually, yes, God will and can heal, but it can only come this way. Yes, God can and will provide, but it can only come this way. And it's so funny because you can see the kind of background people are raised in by how they believe God's going to meet their needs. You can see people that that have been raised uh, by by um, career driven people, like if they if they've been raised in a you know a, a, a family that just had. Um, uh, their their parents worked factory jobs or you know shift jobs or th- something like that. Those folks don't believe God's really going to necessarily meet their needs. He's just going to help them continue to work for the rest of their lives. <laughs> and then you could see people who grew up in wealthy families, uh, and 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 they believe that God's going to bless their investments <laughs> and their businesses. You can see people that have that have been have grown up in church. Some of them don't believe God's going to meet their needs unless he just decides to, and other people believe that they don't have to do nothing, and they can just sit and wait, and God just going to dump it in their lap. You can see the backgrounds when they talk this way. And the thing about it is, is God can do all of it. Come on, somebody. God can cause your you, you to be healthy so that you can go to work and get raises and promotions. God can dump money in your lap. Come on. God can bless your investments. God, God can, can, can cause you to have wisdom to grow your business. God can do all of that. You need to stop pigeonholing him down. Some people say, you know, I, I, I see people that are really work-minded, that they just work their fingers to the bone, and they believe the, the only way God's going to bless them is through the fruits of their hands. And so guess what they get limited to? What they can produce and what they can pull off. Then you get the fruity people the other way that just think, I don't have to do nothing, I don't have to do anything, and guess what they get? They, they get the, 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 the big blessing every now and then. And then they have to stretch that blessing out until the next one comes. And it may be years before the next one comes. And the thing about it is, is God does not want to be pigeonholed on how he's going to meet his needs. He does not want to be pigeonholed into what he thinks um, is uh, uh, or what we believe for his promise to come he wants to be have freedom to dump it on you in ways that you'd never think of i mean look what he does here he comes in they're expecting a military overthrow of rome and what does he do he comes in and starts preaching things like love your enemies render unto caesar that which is caesar what i'm not giving caesar anything else Come on, Jesus, strike him down with a lightning bolt. <laughs> He's like, love your enemies. Do good to those who, who despitefully use you. Pay your taxes. He started to disagree with the religious leaders 
the legality of their system, you know, and all the things that they thought was holy and right, and all the people that they thought, you know, would be the big televangelist of their day. He disagreed with them and how they were doing it. He was not what they thought that he was supposed to be. He didn't match their version of him. I had a conversation just not too long ago with uh, Pastor David, and uh, me and him both agree that if Jesus was here now, people would say that's not the way Jesus is supposed to act. Some people would say that, you know, he's not (laughs) Christ-like. And the thing about it is, is you can't limit how he's going to move. You can only limit him to what he says he's going to do. If he said it, that's where the limit stops. Okay, you said you were going to do that. Now, how you do that is up to you. Now, sometimes we haven't grown to the point of understanding all of who God is. I will say, no, that's not sometimes. That's every time. We have not grown to the point that we understand all of who God is. Come on now. We don't. We do not understand all of who God is. And and there's nobody on this earth that does. If they tell you they do, they're lying. (laughs) But here's the thing. Paul prayed for the church this one thing more than he prayed anything else for the church a lot of people say man i would love it if paul would have prayed for me you can actually pray the same prayers that paul did if you'll get into ephesians chapter one and ephesians chapter three and he says i bow my knees and he starts talking about what to pray he is praying that for you that's you could pray that over yourself what is that he's praying for us to grow in understanding of who God is. Now that doesn't mean we don't we can never know who God is, but we need to grow and actually ask God for our understanding and revelation of who he is and how he wants to do it to come to us. And we don't ask for what Paul prayed for. We blame God and we shut the door on receiving it cuz it doesn't match what we think it should be. There are things about God, and and there are ways that God does things that we do not understand yet. Now, I mean, the Bible says that. His, his thoughts and ways are so high above ours. I think it says, as far as the heavens are above the earth. So the, his thing, his way of doing things is completely sometimes out of the realm of possibility of our human Reasoning. There are things about God and ways about God that we do not understand understand yet, but we absolutely miss it because he didn't do it the way we wanted him to do it. So sometimes an answer will come and we go, well, that can't be God because if God's going to move, it has to be like this and we just walk away from it. It's like the old story of the guy that's in the flood. Y'all have heard that, I'm sure. He's on the rooftop and he's saying, God, God, save me, save me. And somebody rose up in a boat boat and and says, we're here to save you. And he goes, nope, God is going to save me. And so then he's the water's getting up higher and the people in the boat go on and he says god god save me save me and another guy comes up in a speedboat and says i'm here to save you and he goes no 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 god's gonna save me and finally the water gets up to his neck and he goes god god save me and a coast guard helicopter flies over and drops the ladder down and says come on we're here to save you and he goes no 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 i'm here to save. god's gonna save me and so he got he dies and drowns and goes to heaven and he stands there and he says god why didn't you save me and he says, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. We absolutely miss it when we limit God to how he's going to move. We do need to worship him for ways uh, uh, that we need him to be that we have not experienced him yet. Lord, if you've never experienced God as the healer, go ahead and worship him as the healer anyway. But then don't limit him to what he's going to do now here's the good news just because we don't know and we don't 
we don't understand everything. That doesn't mean we can't ever know and grow in our understanding. Now, we're never going to know it all. On this side of heaven, we are never going to know everything. We just aren't. But we can know more than we know right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody. I can know more than I know right now. I can be led to experience more than I've, been, I've experienced now. Come on. I need to grow in that. That doesn't mean I can't ever know. We just have, you know, we're just going to have to walk around the rest of our days and live, you know, in the dark. No, it means that we need to focus on what the word says that we can see him be in our lives. We need to focus on what it is we need him to be, and we need to stay in search of him and not worry about how it's going to happen. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6. It says this. This is very familiar for faith people that have been in church for a while. If you haven't, this is, this is actually in the Bible. Verse number 6, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek, look at that last word, him. You have to worship him as what you need him to be. You must worship God for what you need him to be. You have to go and say, God, I have never experienced you this way. I have never seen you this way. I have never done things that would uh, would put me in the same boat with people like this. But Lord, I'm going to trust you anyway. I'm going to believe that you are that anyway. If you need healing in your body and, and you're believing God to heal you, don't just be, you know, relegated to a miracle. Don't just be relegated to, I have to feel heat, or don't be relegated to, I have to, you know, go to a, a heat. There were, there were people that would literally say those that say things like, I, if I could just get to Oral Roberts, or if I could just get to Benny Hinn, or if I could just get to so-and-so, and they would limit it to God healing them in their own house. That's why, I know Oral Roberts said that that's why he stopped laying hands on people, because people begin to say if I could just get to Oral Roberts and the thing is is when you do that you're limiting God to that now I'm going to I'm going to challenge some faith folks here for a second what if your faith doesn't have it to pull that healing into into reality what if you're believing God to heal you and you are, Lord, I, I'm believing for rest, restoration of my health in whatever area it is. And you just keep saying it, and you're not noticing any difference. Now, at this point, some people are going to say, are you saying that God wouldn't do it? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. If people stay focused right there, Lord, you said, by your stripes I'm healed. I believe 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 I'm healed. What is God's perfect will there? for you to just be healed. Come on, somebody. But what if your faith isn't strong enough to pull that into this realm? What if it isn't? Is that the only way you can re- you can become whole? If you're believing for healing and you don't have the faith to get it pulled on but you believe god is the you know jesus is the healer and your faith is strong enough to go ahead and pull that into this realm and make it manifest here is that the only way you can be healed because if my faith isn't there for it to manifest physically here in the in this world this world all right am i stuck because if that's the message that we're preaching, we're preaching not very good news. Now, we're, we're, we do need to tell people that they can be healed that way, for sure. They can. And one day, our faith can all get to that point where it happens. And there are some things, 
I'm sure there are folks that are watching right now that would agree with me. There are some things that we can just believe for, and it happens pretty fast. I know that, uh, you know, Brother Hagin used to say he hadn't had a headache since 1950-something before he passed away. And it, But then he would also say things like, I've passed up marvelous opportunities to have them. What does that mean? The symptoms started coming on him. And he would just believe God that he was healed. And he got to a point where they could just leave instantly. As soon as they'd show up, he'd just say, nope, I don't get headaches. And his faith was there, and it just would go. There are some things in our lives that we can believe for. Come on, quickly. How many of you know uh, Jody and I were believing God that when we got COVID, we were going to get over it quick? And we weren't going to have, even though our minds were racing in all these different directions, our faith in God was saying, I am not going to die from this. I'm healed but from it. All right? Now, there are times that, you know, we fought that thing for two weeks. If I am relegated to the fact God's got to heal me instantly or he's not going to at all, guess what? I, I am now relegated to that. You saying God didn't want to heal you now? He absolutely did want to heal me right then. But was my faith there? No, it was not. Now, I'm going to say this, and this, this is going to bother some po- folks, and I, I hope it does because that means it will go cause them to go and search and look it up. But what if your faith isn't there for healing, but you have faith that your finances will be at a place that if you had to have medical treatment for it, you wouldn't get a big dent in your, in your wallet or your pocketbook? What if your faith was there for that? What if you were believing that your insurance would kick in and you wouldn't have to pay anything for that treatment? Did God meet your need? Come on, somebody. Did God meet your need? Did God lead you down the path, come on, to get your to get your need met? Now, I am not saying that sometimes God uses doctors. I'm not saying that. That is not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying your faith come on, pulls the answer into this realm. And sometimes your answer is not what what everybody else tells you it should be or even what you think it should be right off the bat. I know people right now watching me who were believing for an instantaneous healing in their body and ended up having surgery instead. And you know how much the surgery cost them? nothing now does that mean god chose to go that route no that means that they hadn't grown in their faith enough to pull that into this realm so they used what faith they had and they worshiped god as the answer anyway come on somebody and that's what these people did on palm sunday they worshiped god for what they needed him to be but then they turned their backs on him as soon as he didn't measure up to what they thought he would be. Those folks that ended up having a medical treatment instead of uh, a, a miraculous healing and God just worked it out that their insurance paid for everything and they didn't have to pay nothing. And does that mean that, that God chose to use uh, finances instead of you know miraculous healing? No, that means that's where their faith was. And that's where God met them. That's the good news. Your faith will get you to a place. Sure, God's perfect will is to do something miraculous in your life, but let's just call it what it is. Our faith isn't always there. And instead of being like these mass, this mass of people that followed Jesus into town, waving the palm branches, and as soon as it didn't go their way, they threw them down and walked away and said, crucify him. Listen, Palm Sunday started off exactly right for his followers. In their hearts, they were exactly right. But that week ended so wrong in their hearts. They went from believing that he was the answer to filtering out that answer through how they thought it would happen, and they removed him. And now here we are, thousands of years later and their descendants still don't believe that he is the Messiah. They still don't believe it. 
When you stand up for something and you worship God for something, don't limit God to what you think he's going to do. The only limit, the only limit him to what he said he would do, his answer uh, in, in his word and what it promises. But then ask him to show you and help you understand you know, what his word is promising you so that you can see it when it shows up and it's not what you expected. When other opportunities pop up and you go, that's probably not God. It is. Willie George said this just a couple weeks ago. He said, sometimes a door that opens doesn't look like God opened it at all. Ask him to show you and help you understand what his word is promising so that when you see those other opportunities that aren't what you thought they would be, that answer comes still. You're not shy about it. You jump up and you lift your hands and you receive that answer. If you need healing in your body today and you're believing for God to heal you, come on, lift your hands and thank God that he is. Worship him for being the healer. If you have a financial need, come on, lift your hands and worship him as the healer today. If you've got something going on, you need favor at work, come on, lift your hands right now and worship him as favor at your job. If you're believing God for your your investments to increase, come on, lift your hands right now and worship him as him being. The, 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 the increase that you need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God can meet your needs in so many different ways. He just wants to meet your need. He's got the answer that you're looking for. It's yours right now. And if he decides to do it through the through rain coming down in your backyard or a, or a raven showing up and, and, and feeding you, he can do it in so many different ways it doesn't matter. Hallelujah. I want to close with this little statement. When you read Matthew and Mark's version of the triumphal entry, in the same chapter is the fig tree and the mountain that he that Jesus teaches us faith from. And most of the time, these are not preached together. Most of the time, people don't talk about the triumphal entry when they're talking about speaking to a mountain. They're not, they're not talking about cursing the fig tree when they're talking about Jesus coming in. But listen, all of that's happening just within a few minutes of each other. A few, you know, maybe a day or so of each other. All of that happens in the same chapter. And I believe that this goes hand in hand. It is a picture of our faith. People start off strong because God moves differently than they thought, but right in line with what he promised, they give up. And they become totally blinded to who Jesus was and wants to be in their life right now. God wants to meet your need. He wants to be the triumphant king in your life. Don't just have a triumphant entry into your life when you got saved at the altar. Come on, have a triumphant entry into your life every time you have a need, every time you have something going on. Go ahead and lift those palm branches and worship him for being that answer and watch him become that answer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you glory for that, Lord. We thank you that you are everything you we need you to be. Every answer that we would ever have uh, in our lives, you are it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Master. Praise you, Master. I want to close today, and I want to say to those of you who are watching me today, if you have a need in your life right now, whatever it is, I want you to begin to see him that way. Now, sometimes throughout this week even, you're going to have to go and find out what he says he is. You can't just take my word for it. I can preach a good message and maybe inspire you a little bit, but really, real faith comes from you inputting. Now, 
whether it's long teaching sessions on the subject or whatever it is, you need to go and find out what he says he is. But I want you to begin, start by seeing him that way. If you go to a car lot right now, if a salesman comes out and, and starts talking to you while you're out there at the, at the car, one of the first things they say, can you see yourself in one of those? Can you see yourself driving that? And if you say no, most of the time they'll go right back in because they know if you can't see it, that the that's a way uphill from there. So I want to I want to say to you today, you have to begin to see God as whatever you need. Do you need healing? Start seeing Him as the healer. Do you need a, a financial need met? Start seeing Him as the supplier. Do you need your business to grow? Start looking at him as the best business consultant on the planet. If you, do, you, do you need, come on, investment uh, uh, favor? Start looking at him as your favor. Are you depressed and do you need joy? You need to start seeing him as joy. If, if, if you're scared, you need to start seeing him as boldness. You need to start, and then you need to start worshiping, worshiping him because he is that. And ask him, God, show me how I can comprehend that. How can I understand that? How can I see you more that way? Because I need that in my life. I need more of who you are. Hallelujah. Who you are in my life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you that you are what they need. You are everything they need. And as you came into the Jerusalem and they worshiped you, Lord, let us worship you. Help us to show us how to worship you in those times in our life when you're, when you're coming in triumphantly as the new thing in our life, as the new supplier, as the new need meter. <laughs> Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you're helping us to make a triumphant entry into our lives every day, every situation in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, I put my faith with you today. I agree with you today for whatever it is that you're facing, whatever answer that you need. I agree with you right now in Jesus' name for God to supply that answer, whatever that is. And I don't don't really, uh, I put no limitations on it. I put no limitations on it. I'm believing God with you today. Now, I just sense in my spirit there are some folks that are questioning what I'm saying today, saying, are you saying you can't be specific with God? I'm not saying you can't be specific with God. You can ask all day long, and you can believe God for specific things. But if your faith is not there, don't limit him to just what you specifically ask for. You can be surprised if you'll leave the door open. Now, I know that as your faith grows, listen to me now, as your faith grows, you can get more specific with God. You know why? Because you start lining up to see, okay, I see why I can believe for that now. But this general just blanket all, just be as specific as you want. There are many people's faith who are not there. So the, the more you get specific, uh, you better be letting your faith grow there. If you start off specific and, and you're limiting God to, you know, and if your faith isn't there, you are absolutely going to be disappointed. But if your faith grows and he starts, listen to me, this is how you can get specific. He'll actually start leading you to be specific. I know somebody right now who was believing God for a a particular car and the Lord actually helped them write their checklist of what they wanted in the car. This girl used to play organ for brother Hagen and uh, she was believing God. Now this is not my taste, but they, they were believing God for a Nissan 240 uh, SX. Okay. Praise the Lord. Then it was, she started saying, she said, I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me to believe for this. And it was this model, this color, 
you know, this color trim inside, this color. And she, she wrote it all down, and she started thanking God that he was the supplier of that need. And however it was going to come, whether she was going to get a, a bonus at work so she could go buy it herself, or somebody was going to buy it for her, or, you know, she'd just find a good deal on one, or whatever. She didn't care. She just said, Lord, this is what I'm believing for. And they were out on the road on, on a crusade, I believe it was in Louisiana, and uh, after the service one day, the pastor of that church called her and said, have you been believing God for, and listed it out there, and said, I don't know why, but the Lord just laid it on my heart to get that for you, and I, I have it out back. And when she walked out there, 100%, everything listed. 100%. And she hadn't told anybody. She hadn't gotten up on stage and dropped hints or anything. She was literally surprised by how God did it. You can too. You can be too. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I know at, at Rama they used to pray over the offering and they would always say, thank you, Lord, for good opportunities coming my way. Meaning, whatever it is, whatever opportunity, whether somebody gives it to me, or whether somebody, uh, or, or I get a raise, or I find it on sale, or whatever. Praise the Lord. I want to say this, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't just do this, but my dad wrote a book about it. That's not where this sermon came from today, but I just thought, my dad wrote a book about this called Intangible Prosperity, meaning that there are some times that God does things in your life that you can't actually go and put your hand on, but you enjoy the benefits of it. And here it is, right here. If you want to get a copy of that, you can you can jump on Amazon or on the church website and, and buy that. Um, it's 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 absolutely true. Walk in it. Let that be him be a triumphant entry into your life today. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to receive today's tithes and offerings as we close today. I want to thank you so much for continuing to be faithful and continuing to tithe and give, even though in this season of being out of the building, and and not, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I mean, as long as I have been in ministry and I, I, every pastor I've talked to during this time, they're just like, I don't even know what to say, say to you. And, I, I, and, and it's like anything is possible. And I'm like, yeah, I know Jesus told us that. <laughs> anything is possible. In this day and age, anything is possible. Uh, and, and there are things that, that we're doing that I just sit back and go, God, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, and I want to say to you, thank you for being faithful those of you who are still coming to the uh to the uh meetings that we have around town uh thank you when we go out and eat thank you when we when we've you know gone and done activities thank you we had a great time when we went to the movies with everybody um you know i i am so thankful for all of you uh being faithful through this and i want to thank you for those of you who are still tithing and still giving, still sowing seed. And it's so funny to me that, you know, uh, how God just continues to just bless and, and keep it going. Uh, and people are, I'm still getting testimonies from many of you that are saying, you know, I did this and God, I, I, I kept tithing through the whole thing and God has done this. I talked to one of our online congregation members the other day and they booked 38 appointments. 38 appointments for their job and their their career their business they they booked 38 appointments and they can they and he and he tells me all the time he goes pastor I, it's just because we tithe and and direction church is good ground and we believe that when we tithe our business is going to grow and he's believing for a million dollar business and when he tithes we're <laughs> we're blown away every time because uh, I I talk to him and I'm like, you know what? We're agreeing with you. We're agreeing with you. And then when the tithe shows up, it's like, praise God. Yeah. Glory. Yeah. I, because It's not because it's what it's doing for the church, but because I can see where their faith is pulling that into existence. Yeah. And so, praise God, uh, continue to continue. If you want to be that one that it's happening to, come on, get your faith out there and start believing for God to be it now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to give today. I thank you that the needs of Direction Church are being met. I thank you that the needs of the people are being met. I thank you that as they uh, follow your rules of giving and receiving, Lord God, they're getting new jobs. They're getting raises. They're getting new uh, promotions. They're getting new patients, new clients, new listings. Lord God, they're getting new business opportunities, new investment opportunities, new invention ideas, new business ideas. Lord God, things that they've been stuck and waiting for are breaking forth and coming through. I thank you that they're getting divine appointments and divine favor upon them during those appointments. I thank you that inheritance money is tracking them down. I thank you that their investments are taking off. I thank you uh, that all uh, unexpected increase is coming into their life because they follow your rules of giving and receiving. We call them blessed and every need met in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God as you give today. Uh, tonight, uh, uh, sorry, next Sunday, next Sunday uh, is Easter Sunday. And so many folks have said something about... Um, uh, what are we doing for Easter? What are we doing for Easter? What are we doing for Easter? Well, we are actually going to be meeting together. Next Sunday, we will be having an in-person live Easter celebration, and we're going to be having it in the Dr. Phillips area at the home of Dr. Sandra Napal. Now, we do not want to blast her um, <laughs> address all over social media. So here's what we're going to do. Um, <laughs> if we want, to, if you'd like to come, we'd like you to RSVP. You can email Jody at direction.church. But then also you can text or call the church office at 407-460-9753 and let us know you're coming. Now you say, what do we need to RSVP for? Well, we got to have, we have to have space and we have to have enough you know, room for everybody and we have to have enough food because we're going to cook out afterwards. Uh, and we're going to have a list of things uh, for people to bring and things like that. And we're going to have a really, and, and I'm just going to tell you right now, Sandra's backyard is not like, you know, uh, we're just going over to, um, you know, a little uh, fenced in area. Sandra has a big, beautiful backyard that is beautiful. And uh, we have plenty of room out there. In fact, uh, at her mom's, her mother's homegoing service, uh, we went and was actually there for some of it and got to speak for a little bit of it. And there was a big crowd there, and there was lots of people there, and there was plenty of room for everybody. So uh, we would like it if you could join us next Sunday. If you're in town, join us Easter Sunday at the home of Dr. Sandra Napal. And if you don't know Sandra, then shame on you. She's been with us for a long time, a long time. Um, and uh, she will be hosting us next Sunday at her house. So please come and be with us uh, at her house and let us know if you can come. And Jody will be talking to you about what foods to bring and the things like that. All right. All right. We love you guys so much. We sure do miss you. Uh, those of you who we haven't seen in person for a while, be on the lookout. We are going to be having another social outing uh, with everybody at a restaurant or something. I want you to come and be there. Uh, I'm believing at the next one, we're going to try and have it in a private room, and we're going to have a little bit of time of prayer together because um, we do want to do that. We want to be praying about you know the church and things like that. So come out and be with us on our next social outing. All right. We love you guys so much. We pray that you have a great rest of your day. Enjoy Holy Week this week. Uh, and just remember that this is the, that it started today. Uh, today started uh, the Holy Week services. So be, be on, uh, you know, in your, in your thoughts, uh, be thinking about it. All right. And get yourself prepared to celebrate the resurrection next Sunday. All right. We love you guys so much. Have a great rest of your day. Lift your hands if you receive this mess, this blessing. I call you blessed. I say you'll go everywhere God's called you to go. You'll have everything God's called you to have. You'll do everything God's called you to do, and you'll be everything that God has created you to be. You'll walk in the favor of the Lord, and your life will be blessed. Let's go take the journey together. God bless everybody. Have a great day.